welcome back. I am joined by a very special guest today, Mr. Smiles, Miles Hartman, young Lou Dort, uh, Derek Favors, younger son, just all that. What, what's going on? Yes, sir. It was good, Mike. Appreciate <laughs> you for having me back on the show. I, I'm kind of indecisive about that intro. I don't know how I feel about it. It's like, Would you rather be the long, uh, young Lou Dort or Derek Favors' son? I'd rather be John Moran. Me? That is not on the. That's not an option. Facial hair, but still, like you know. Well, speaking of John Morant, the Thunder lost to the Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday night in sort of um, I, I wouldn't say a blowout because it was only seven, but the Memphis Grizzlies win one twenty five one eighteen over the Thunder. The Thunder lose, I think, their ninth straight game at home. The Grizzlies just kind of dog walked them the whole game, just had them at an arm's length. But I want to know from you, what is the good, bad, and ugly from this game? I have to say, starting off with the good would have to be the fact that, you know, Ja had only 17. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like that's a good thing, personally, because, I mean, this whole season, 12's just been balling lately. I mean, in his last 20 games, he's been – Averaging 32.7 points, 6.6 assists, and six rebounds. And he's made it clear for not only himself, but everybody that watches basketball that he should be in the running for MVP this season. So, I mean, I feel like only having, only him having 17 points would have to be a good thing, in my opinion. That's got to be good, especially with no Lou Dort garden out there. I mean, you start Roby, Baisley, Shea. Trey, uh, Trey Mann and Maladon, and you don't really give up a lot of points to a guy who's going to be in the top five in MVP, I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, but the bad would have to be, I mean, I understand that, you know, Desmond Bain is, he's coming into his own. He's becoming one of the best shooters in the game that we're seeing right now. He's, this is a young guy at a TCU, and he's slowly becoming into a superstar into and show, and being – upon this young, exciting Memphis Grizzlies team. But I'm going to – I got to say it. Him having – what did he, he have, 21 points? Let's see right here. Yeah, he had 21. 21 points the other night. I'm pointing fingers at SGA and Tail Maladon on that one because, I mean, that just can't happen. I mean, yes, you got you – gotta, you, gotta, you have to capitalize on job. Yes, you have to capitalize. I understand that Dylan Brooks is back. Yes, you have to capitalize on Triple J. But you can't forget about Desmond Bain. I mean, this, you know, this is a guy that this whole season, he's been knocking his shots down. Whether he's open or not, he's going to catch it. So, I mean, I feel like the Thunder did a bad job on capitalizing on him. I don't disagree. I wouldn't call him a young superstar, but they got a stacked roster. It's it's hard to guard anybody on that team. Like you mentioned, you got Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, Stephen Adams, John Morant, Bain as their starters. Then off the bench, you still have guys like Brandon Clark. You have Slow-Mo, Tyus Jones, um, Melton, and then you get Zaire Williams. Just a lot of quality basketball players. These are the t- that's the type of team that you pay to watch League Pass for. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they're one of the teams that's on the rise right now. No, they're one of the, uh, my favorite League Pass teams. We'll get into some other ones later. But what is the ugly, I guess, for you? I feel like an ugly for me is the fact that this could have been a winnable game for the Thunder at home. You know, guys like SGA, Bays, and Trey Mann, they came out to play. They dropped double figures. And, you know, it's just the fact that they couldn't close out this game at home. I felt like, you know, it was one of those dang what-if moments. Like, what if we would have got back on this position? What if we would have got some more stops? What if, you know, we would have capitalized more on defense? I feel like these are one of the, that's one of the ugly sides of this game. Miles, do I need to remind you what season it is? It is tank season. There, there's no moral victories. We are just trying to get the lottery. We're trying to get Chet, Jabari, whoever it is. You told me to pick it ugly. I had to pick it ugly. <laughs> so, I mean. All right, let me get my good, bad, and ugly. You get Bays on his career high. Props to Bays. I mean, we were pretty hard on him earlier in the season because it seemed like he couldn't really figure it out. Okay, not we, me. You speak French now, we? It was me. Okay, I was hard on Bays. But he's doing, he's doing a lot of what I said about just like simplifying his game and get back to the basics and build some confidence. And now he's expanding out. So great job for Bays. He, you know, has his career high of, I think, 29 
We've got to get 30 next time, though. Got Can't get that close and not get 30. Right. As far as, oh, wait, no, he did have 29. Yeah. Okay. And then as far as the bad, can't lose the rebounding battle 57-44. Get out-rebounded by 13 by the Grizzlies. Rebounds equals rings. I mean, obviously it is a tank season, but you still need to get those boards, get those second chance opportunities. And as far as the ugly, watching Isaiah Roby get mauled on the boards and attempting to guard Steven Adams was not a fun time. He looked like Aquaman out there. Shout out to Steven Adams in his big return game. He just made Isaiah Roby look like a little kid, though. You got to understand, Steven Adams is a different type of dude, though. He's like... He's like one of those guys where it's like you wanna, you wanna be on his good side because if you're not, you're gonna get ran through. Like you're gonna, he's gonna run you over. Yeah, I heard a story that he goes back to New Zealand and boxes out uh, sheep for a workout. That does not surprise me. I don't know who else is doing that type of stuff, but that's what I, that's what I mean. Like that he's wanna, built different. Like he's he's really built different. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Steven Adams, Aquaman. It was really great, though. I mean, he returned last season, but it was during the pandemic, so no fans in Oklahoma City. So it was nice to see him get a warm welcome that he definitely deserves. He's one of probably the five to ten most important Thunder players in this franchise's history, so that was pretty cool. Shout out Big Kiwi. Exactly. Next up, last night, the Hornets came to town to play against the Thunder. You get the rare... Home and home, or not home and home, but you get the home back to back. So they play Memphis at home, Charlotte at home, but the Hornets still down a shot of the Thunder. 134, 116. The Thunder started off on a blazing start with 41 points in the first quarter, but just couldn't really keep up the pace. So I want to know again, what is your good, bad, and ugly for this game? For this game, it's the fact that SGA's, SGA dropped 32, 8, and 5. I mean, I feel like. Like I said before, he's been he's been on a tear lately. Over his last nine games, he's been averaging a little over 30 points a game, 7.7 assists, 5.9 rebounds, and shooting 52% from the field. And, I mean, it, it wasn't just him, really. Uh, Bays, like we mentioned, is coming into his own. He had 25, and rookie Trey Mann added 13 and 6. I mean, I understand that the core of this Thunder franchise moving forward is SGA – Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, you maybe want to throw in Trey Mann in there in the mix somewhere. But I mean, Trey Mann and Bays, they're making a case that, you know, I can hang too. So I mean, it was good to see those guys, you know, holding it down throughout the remainder of the season. So that's my good. Thing. I had the uh, same good as you. Shea outplayed LaMelo was my my main takeaway. It was a really big night for Shea. I mean, he plays Ja Morant the night before, outscores him, kind of outduels him. Ja has a lot more help. Same with Lamelo, but you saw him go back and forth with those guys who get a little bit more superstar recognition than Shea. Yeah, and I mean, a bad for me would have to be what you mentioned before. The Thunder had 41 points in the first quarter, and they just completely laid an egg for the mm-hmm. rest of the game. I mean, if you're up by 10-plus points in the quarter, capitalize on that. Don't allow your opponent to just – come to your home court and just run you out the gym the rest of the game. So, I mean, I understand that, you know, guys like Lou Dort's been out the mix. Kenrich Williams has been out the mix. These are guys that we rely on as our defensive anchors. But guys got to step up, man. I mean, also, another guy that's been out, Josh Giddy. We, you and I, we had this discussion earlier on. We love a good Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball matchup. We, these are guys that are making cases for themselves, making cases for themselves, saying that you know we're the next CP3, Steve Nash, Tony Parker's of the NBA. We're the next elite playmakers of the next generation. So I mean, I, it would have been it would have been good to see that matchup also. So, for yeah, sure. What about you? Yeah, um, I already mentioned the good, but the bad. You've 18 turnovers away. You're not going to win any games doing that. Even if it is a tank, you don't want to have it be that sloppy. 18 to Charlotte's eight, and then the ugly. Is um starting Olivier Saar and Teo Maladon is just unacceptable for an NBA team. That's just not okay. You get the French connection. They did not connect and play that well. Olivier Saar, I've said for a very long time. You tell me if you agree with this. Olivier Saar looks like great value Marvin Bagley. Wow, I never really thought of it like that. 
I'm not saying his play style. He just has the afro. He's running around. He has a goatee. Oh, he has he has the features of Matt Marvin Bagley third. So yeah. But wow. you're paying him one percent of what Marvin Marvin Bagley's getting, and you don't have to deal with his dad. Yikes. That's pretty good. But uh, yeah, starting Olivier Saar and Teo Maladon, which makes it even more impressive that they scored 41 points in the first quarter if you just have two guys who won't even be in the league in three years. Overall, I'm I'm pretty pretty pumped about that uh, 41 point first quarter. But like you said, you got to keep up the pace and different things. And it, But it's hard to keep up pace with a team like the Hornets. I mean, they're scoring about 114 per game. I mean, they get 134, but this is within their wheelhouse against a team that's Literally, I not a hyperbole. The worst offense in the NBA in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Basically, yeah, mm-hmm. dead last. As and also, my ugly would have to be. I mean, when it comes to uh, an opponent, the main focus is to focus on the the best player, obviously, which is on on the Hornets is Lamelo Ball. I mean, he had a decent night, dropping twenty one and seven, but I mean. Terry Rozier went for a 30 piece and Miles Bridges at a 27 and 6 2. I'm, I understand those are like the next guys up, but still, Bates has got to do a better job on that. Mal- Maladon and SJ have to do a better job on that at the guard spot. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things that, you know, the Thunder have to capitalize on defensively in order to get better moving forward. Yeah, it's crazy. It looks like Bridges and Bays sort of had similar stats. Bridges goes 27, 6, and 3, 5, 6 from 3, 11, and 15 from the field. Bays goes 25 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, 4 of 9 from 3, 10 of 18 from the field. I think the tiebreaker on who played better just comes down to who's a better rapper. In your opinion, who's a better rapper between Miles Bridges and Darius Baisley? Hey, I heard Bays got some. Bays got a flow, though. I'm here like. The way he raps, it's like a mix of I hear I hear a little bit of Travis Scott. I hear a little bit of um you sent me a DM. I forgot what it, I forgot what it was. It was like it was like three guys who I heard it was like Lil Tecca, Travis mm-hmm. Scott, and it was like a little bit of Lil Baby somewhere in there. No, no, it was gonna. But yeah, still, it was I, I'm gonna have to go with Bays on this though. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the type of exclusive content you get with the Thundergrads where we evaluate players as rappers and as players. You're not going to get this anywhere else. No diss on Miles Bridges, though. I mean, I hear, you know, he, he got he got a flow, too. I'd be, I be seeing his um a lot of people use his sound, his like his songs on TikTok and stuff like that. But I'm not a fan of that Detroit, you know, Detroit flow where it's like, and then, and then, the way you, if you hear, if you hear it, yo, yo, no. I know what you're saying. I'm We're gonna have to get that back to that in another day. Um, yeah. Another great thing coming up is the play of Lindy Waters, a two-way guy out of Norman, Oklahoma. I wanted to know what it's been like, or what your opinion is on Lindy and the quality playing time that he's gotten recently. Man, I love to see it, man. I mean, I'm not from Oklahoma personally, but I mean, obviously, I spent four years there. Uh, I love, I just love to see it. I see a lot of people on socials just, you know, reposting it and retweeting this and man, it's so great to see somebody from our home state and, and just ball out. And I mean, I understand they had T Ferg back like way back when Blake Griffin. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, no, I'm talking about like Oklahoma born, like born guys that play for the Thunder. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. as a professional. So, I mean, we had, they had T Ferg. I mean, he's from Tulsa. Yeah. But I mean, he's technically raised in Dallas supposedly, but I mean, Lindy Watt is a guy he's, you know, played basketball, high school basketball with Trey young and Norman North. This is a guy that's been around Oklahoma. He chose the wrong school and decided to play in Stillwater. I'm just being biased, but that's just me. But, I mean, yeah, he, he's been in Oklahoma his whole life. So, I mean, for him to see him live out his dream of being a professional basketball player on the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, basketball team and getting actual minutes, I, I, I enjoy seeing that. I, I love to see it. I mean, I read this tweet that said he's been averaging 13.3 points per game, shooting 44% from the field in his last three games, and he played an average of 27 minutes per game in that spin. That's crazy. So, it, I mean, I, it's great to see him get minutes finally. 
I'm not saying that he's going to be a core piece for this Thunder team moving forward, but I definitely would like to see him, you know, being a supporting cast member, you know, somebody off the bench that could be a great piece in that second unit, you know, somebody that's, that can hold it down for the, for whenever the starters are, aren't playing up to par. This is a guy that you could bring in be like, all right, do it, do this, um, get some shots in, play some defense and be a great three and D guy for the Thunder. Yeah. You can never have too much shooting and more than anything, this Thunder team needs any shooting at all. I mean, there's no real capital S shooter. There's some guys who can shoot pretty well, but there's nobody who's like, when you look at them, that guy's a shooter. Even Trey Mann, who is a pretty good shooter, is more off the dribble. He's going to drive, do some different things like that. But it is cool to see Lindy. I mean, I don't know that I've told you this, but I played against him in high school and middle school out in Norman. He was Trey Waters at that time uh, before Trey Young stole all of his spotlight and his first name, which is just rude. But um, yeah, <laughs> we played against him in like Irving Middle School, Norman North. I had no idea he was this good. I didn't see an NBA player, but he's worked his butt off. He gets to OSU, plays all four years, plays at a pretty good level. And he comes out and like plays in a bunch of pro-am leagues in Oklahoma during the pandemic and then plays in like some weird like stampede leagues before he finally makes it to the G League and finally gets called up. So it's been a pretty cool story. Did you know he was the only Native American player in the entire NBA? Yeah, I saw I saw that. I was just like, wow, that's crazy. So I mean, it's it's a, it's a lot of people rooting for Lindy, bro. Like mm-hmm. you got the Native American, uh, the Native American um, fan base. You got Oklahoma fan base. You got every. I mean, everybody's rooting for bro. So I mean, I hope he continues to ball out like this. You don't count Kyrie as Native American after he went to all those events. Nick Kyrie Irving, aka uh, World Be Flat, aka Half Man Half a Season, aka Half man half a series what's up between all these nicknames bro like look i'm just got, trying to get him out here i'm gonna come up with a nickname for you bro i got you i don't need it <laughs> i don't need it <laughs> I don't need uh, it. you sound like that one episode of spongebob i don't I need it, it. I need it. <laughs> we've got rap content we've got spongebob quotes we've got everything but what we don't have is lou dort on this thunder roster he has been out for the last couple months it's been about two months i just checked the schedule last time he played was against Chicago but I want to ask you who has stepped up the most in Dort's absence I'm gonna have to go with Trey Mann I'm I'm not only saying this because he's a Florida native like me and you know he went to University of Florida but he's actually been showing signs of playing at a high level consistently not only not only as a as a as a bench player but also embracing that role as a starter. So, I mean, I, I love to see it. I definitely feel like that game at MSG when him and Giddy had a had a big welcoming party and dropped, what, Giddy had 29, Trey Man had 30. Mm-hmm. So, it was great to see that, like, on national television, too. So, I mean, I feel like what better, what bigger welcoming party can you have than dropping 30 at MSG? And then ever since then, he hasn't looked back. He hasn't shown signs of slowing down. And I definitely feel like he could be a core piece for this Thunder team moving forward. But like just his confidence since Lou Dort has been out. I mean, it's just been it's just been great, really. I mean, him being the 18th pick overall this past draft in a in a draft class that has so much talent. And you sort of like he's you sort of like overlook him in a way where it's like, all right. You know, you got Scotty Barnes, you got Evan Mobley, you got, you know, Josh Giddy, his teammate, you got Cade Cunningham. But you, you got to understand there's a lot of different talent somewhere in that in that draft class that's spread out. So, I mean, I definitely feel like Trey Mann is put, is put in the best situation possible for him to showcase his skills and just not shying away from the big moments. So, I mean, shout out to T-Man, bro. But what about you? I mean, this is you hit the nail on the head. This is not a top-heavy draft. I mean, there are a lot of superstar caliber guys on top of the draft, but even then, you get later, you get guys like Io DeSumo in the second round. You get um, guys like Trey Mann, as you men- uh, mentioned, Alperin Shingun at the end of the first round, um, Bones Highland. There are just a lot of guys who look like they're set to have major careers and play for a very, very long time. I split it up where I had two guys and I was just going to mention the other one if you didn't mention him, but I now get to do two since you mentioned Trey Mann, who wasn't mine. 
Darius Baisley has really stepped up, and it does not pain me to give him credit. I love to see him playing well. He really looks like he's um, figured it out, and the game has slowed down for him. As we've talked about before, he had a really weird, I guess, um, integration from the league where he doesn't go to college. He has the um, New Balance internship, and then he has a pandemic during his first offseason, and then another thing with COVID in his second offseason. So he's had a very, very weird path to the league, but it's nice to see him really figure it out. Just in the last game, uh, last three games, he's averaging 23 6 three and 56% from the field and 42% from three on seven attempts per game. I couldn't imagine that in my wildest dreams early in the season that Darius Baisley would be shooting 42% from three on seven attempts a game. That's crazy. He was really throwing dirt on bro name too. I'll never forget that. He I wasn't playing he was- well. He wasn't playing well. I, hey, but he, he definitely heard you now. Yeah. And I'm giving him credit. That's, that's what it's gotta be about. If you're going to talk down on somebody, you got to talk them up when they're playing well. Another guy who got kind of talked down earlier in the season who's turned it around. Since returning from the G League in his last 15 games, Alexei Pokashevsky, a.k.a. Poku, a.k.a. the uh, next KD, all that stuff. No, that's not true. But he's averaging 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 46% from the field, and 34% from 3 on 4 attempts per game, along with 1 block and 24 minutes per game. It's been really nice to see Poku just continue to develop his game, because, I mean, he was raw last year as a rookie, and you can really see he's building some muscle within his legs, even in that you know skinny frame, but he's starting to really figure things out and become a really good contributor. So I think there's still a lot of room for improvement for Poku, and he could definitely still end up being a really, really good player. This one, like, it's so many like hidden gems on this Thunder team. Where it's like, if you got, if you give guys, I mean, first of all, not just throwing them out there in an actual NBA game, you know, giving them an assignment on in playing in the G League, and then just putting in, putting them in there and, and watching them progress, get comfortable with themselves, understanding their spots on the floor offensively and defensively and then then bringing them up to the NBA I feel like they're gonna find their way so I mean shout out to Poku shout out to Bays and shout out to T-Man bro I mean I'm I see the progression throughout the from what from what um they were playing like since the beginning of the season to now I see I see a lot of growth yeah shout out Mark Dagnall he's done a really great job of developing these guys and putting them in great positions to be successful Next up, we've got your favorite segment of all time from your mind. What are you doing? Do you want to you want to introduce this one? You want to tell people how it works? All right. So for those who don't know, Michael Martin has this tendency to go whenever he sees something stupid, he goes, "What are you doing?" I don't know if I said that in his tone of voice. That was that was pretty good. And the way he says it, it's just so funny to me. So I just felt like it was necessary that we would we would make this into a little segment. So I mean, um, throughout the course of the week, there's obviously going to be some moments, you know, that House of Highlights is going to be posting. A lot of funny, funny um, NBA Twitter posts um, are going to be tweeting about just funny videos that we've seen throughout the course of the week, where where you just look at it and just go, "What are you doing?" So, I mean, that's what the segment's all about. You want me to go first or you want to go first, Mark? You're the guest. Go ahead. Oh, oh wow. Thank you. Oh, wow. So so nice here. I feel the hospitality. Try my oh. best. Feel right. right at home. So, for the for my first what are you doing? I'm going to only have one. Okay. For my what are you doing moment, when the Oklahoma City Thunder came out and played against the Memphis Grizzlies, both teams are coming out and getting ready for tip. You know, they're dapping each other up, shaking hands. And then everybody just goes and looks at them. They're like, they give that same look. So like, you ever seen two girls wear the same prom dress? Mm-hmm. Like, they just pull up the prom and wear the same exact dress. That's exactly what happened at the, when the Thunder played the Grizzlies at, at Oklahoma City. Like, they just, they both came out wearing white uniforms and they were just like, what are you doing? So, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to have to – the what are you doing for that one? I'm going to have to go to the equipment manager or I, whoever's in charge of uniform on that because both both teams came out in their home uniform. So, I'm trying to figure out what what was the process in that. What I don't understand. 
Yeah, that was hilarious. I think Memphis ended up screwing up. Some people have messed with them where they've started, like, I think it was um, Charlotte or Orlando tweeted out to Memphis and goes, oh, by the way, you're wearing blue tonight, just so you know. But it it was pretty funny. I mean, you saw um, Ja and uh, Shay pointing at each other. It looked like the Spider-Man pointing at each other meme of two guys. That was hilarious. I've never seen that before, except for last year when the Thunder wore their sunset jerseys against the Chicago Bulls, and it was orange against red until halftime where the Thunder had to change uniforms. I forgot about that. This can't this happen is, two years in a row. This is the this has been more than one occasion where the Thunder have had, you know, uniform not malfunctions but like uniform mishaps with with our, their opposing team so i mean that's just crazy bro. jersey gate needs to end we need to get to the bottom of who's doing this we need to do some investigative journalism and figure out what's going on okay but i wouldn't blame the thunder on this one because considering they were at home so i mean that, i'm like that's on the grizzlies i don't know what they got going on in memphis but that's that's not on us mm-hmm. yeah get your get your plans in order yeah. I don't care if you are the two seed. The Thunder at the very bottom of the league have it figured out, unlike you guys. Exactly. We're, we're still the home team. Mm-hmm. My What Are You Doing comes from this week where Patrick Beverly gave an interview on the J.J. Reddick podcast. Shout out to J.J. Reddick podcast. But Patrick Beverly, as we all know, I'm a pure hater when it comes to him. And he said that Russell Westbrook almost ruined his career by saying that he runs around and does nothing. What are you doing, Patrick Beverly? You say this after all these years where you ran into Russell Westbrook's knees and tore his MCL and had to get like all these surgeries, and you're going to say that he's the one who almost ruined your career? You are lucky to be in the NBA. You're lucky you get this contract. You're going to talk about an MVP like that and a guy you intentionally hurt. And I'm not going to stop there because he, a couple weeks ago, got elbowed in the face by Mo Bamba in a game against the Magic and had to go to the hospital. Terrence Ross said on a Twitch live stream that Patrick Beverly showed up after the game and found Mo Bamba's car and was knocking on the window until Mo Bamba would apologize to him. I hope Mo Bamba did not apologize to him. Patrick Beverly, what are you doing? So you can you get hit in the face accidentally and you need an apology, but you wreck Russell Westbrook's knees and cost the Thunder a chance at a title in 2015 and that's just all supposed to be forgiven. Patrick Beverly, what are you doing? Um, bro. Patrick Beverly is just, he's just a comedian, bro. Like, he just says things. He just, the way he just acts on the court, it's, it's just pure comedy, bro. All you can do is just laugh at it. Speaking of laughing, I don't know, I don't know if you mind, but Go I have ahead. another moment. It was late in the fourth quarter when the Denver Nuggets played the Philadelphia 76ers, and Harden has the ball, and Boogie is at the top of the – it wasn't at the top of the key. It was, like, almost towards half court. And they rip – Boogie rips the ball from him. They, like, get get caught up with each other. And then Book, um, Harden and Boogie, they just go face-to-face with each other. And then Boogie just starts laughing. Like, you know how disrespectful that is for somebody to just be, like – to just laugh at your face when you're dead serious about like knocking them out or like you're just trying to seem like you're intimidating. So for that one, James Harden, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? What are you doing? You got to pick your battles. You got to pick your battles. DeMarcus Cousins is not the one if you're going to go try to fight somebody in Nuggets. Go find Monte Morris or Bones Highland or someone else. Not DeMarcus Cousins, not Jokic. What are you doing if somebody actually just like, if you get, if you get in somebody's face and you're just red hot and they just start laughing at you what do you what do you do in that moment bro like that's a great question <laughs> i don't know the right politically correct answer for this one without getting suspended that's that's kind of tough man like your whole masculinity is just your masculinity is just questioned at that point bro like that's tough that's you gotta crazy. See yeah james harden what are you doing bro? what are you doing james harden <sighs> What are you doing when it comes to the playoffs? Because it looks like the um, seeds are about to get set. We've got a few weeks left in the regular season. So I wanted to know from you, it looks like we have some really interesting first-round matchups coming up. So I thought that we would go back and forth until we both have three series and draft which series in the potential first-round series that could happen and explain why you're so interested to see it. Man, me personally, um, my first one would have to be, if the season was to end right now, I would have to go with the Miami Heat versus the Brooklyn Nets. I'm I'm kind of biased because obviously I'm a Miami Heat fan, but 
that's a good matchup. That'd be a bloodbath. First round, like you got Katie, Ben Simmons, Kyrie, or oh, half of Kyrie, you know, he's still going through this whole situation. And you got, you know, Jimmy Butler, Bam, all these other guys, Tyler Hero off the bench on the other side. It's going to be a battle, bro. So, I mean, the only question is if the Miami Heat can stay healthy overall. Because, I mean, a healthy Miami Heat team can take you to seven games. I mean, oh, they want to They want to go seven games. They want to dogfight. They want to go all day in the trenches. That's not even me being a fan. Like, that's me being for real. Like, they have all these other guys. Like, they got, the Mar- they got Marquise Morris. They got P.J. Tucker. They got... Jimmy, like I mentioned, they got Kyle Lowry. I mean, Oladipo is getting back in the mix. So, I mean, they got all these pieces. They, they're they not going to put up a fight. They're not going to fall, bro. So, I mean, this is going to be a, that's going to be a great first-round matchup, though. What about you? I'd love to see that. That was that was on my board. Luckily, I didn't have it number one because I expected you might take that. I'm going to go in a different direction just because I want to. But I'm going to go into the West. How about the Grizzlies and the Wolves and the two – seven matchup or the three six matchup you get carl anthony towns coming off 60 points the other night just balling out he had the most points i think in timberwolves history and joins i think wilt david robinson Shaq, and hakeem as the only big guys in the last like whatever years to score 60 as a true center just great basketball from him anthony edwards is a great quote machine and then on the other side you get john morant jaron jackson jr stephen adams and all those guys who are in the playoffs for the second time after they got the gentleman sweep of losing in five games to the Utah Jazz. But I think it'd be a lot of fun to see those two teams get their feet wet in the playoffs playing against each other, especially with two younger coaches and Taylor Jenkins and uh, Chris Finch with Minnesota. I just think that'd be a really fun series with a bunch of young guys flying up and down the court. Most definitely. That's going to be that's gonna be a dog fight for sure. I mean, this you look at this Timberwolves roster, they're a little slept on. They they got guys, you know, they got Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, Cat, like you mentioned. They got they got a big three over there. And I mean, that three headed monster, they're not gonna they're not gonna let out. So I mean, I feel like they're gonna put up a fight. Oh, and they real. have Patrick Beverly, don't forget that. He'll bite your kneecap off. <laughs> but um another one so we're gonna go back and forth. Back and forth. So you got the next pick here. So for my next one, I'm gonna go Man, I'm looking at. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go Bulls and Celtics. I'm gonna have to take it back to the East. Sell me Bulls. on it. Because I mean, you got both of these teams. I mean, first of all, Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum. I mean, and Jalen Brown is just the perfect number two to complement Jason Tatum. So I mean, you got those two guys. Uh, you got. Uh, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams III, he's been a great piece for them. He's been great on the offensive boards. And you got Al Horford, Thunder legend Al Horford at that. So, I mean, they got they got a squad over there in Boston. You got that going up against, you know, another exciting league pass team in the Chicago Bulls. I mean, you got Zach Levine, Debo, you got Vooch. And when Lonzo comes back, you throw him into the mix. You got Kobe White. You got Caruso, yeah. You got Caruso coming back. So I mean, they got a, they got they got a squad over there too. So I mean, I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on how you know great the East the Eastern Conference is this this season. So I mean, it's it's not going making it out the first round. It's not going to be sweet, bro. No, it's not going to be easy, especially in the East. You mentioned it, but um, that sounds like a good series. You get two of the most historic franchises out there. Of course, you can go back to those. Bird versus Michael Jordan series in the 80s. You can even go to the Garnett teams that played against the Derrick Rose teams in the early 2010s. I think that'd be definitely a good matchup. Wasn't on my board, but you definitely sold me on it. Um, For my second pick, give me Nuggets Warriors. I think that would just be incredibly fun to watch Jokic go against one of the premier teams in the league in the Golden State Warriors, and to just watch how somebody like Draymond tries to defend Jokic for seven games or however long the series would go, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And especially if maybe on the off chance you get Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray coming back, I think that'd be a really, really competitive series that could go either way. Yeah, I'm not even... That's one that I, I didn't have, but I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm picturing it. It's going to be... 
it's going to be a competitive fight for real. I feel like that could be another seven-game series. I mean, not only is this Warrior team's back in full effect, they got Draymond back, they got Clay back, you know, and Steph's been on a tear this whole season. They got another – they got young guys like Jordan Poole, G2, Gary Payton, the, Gary Payton the second, you know, the mitten. The mitten, yup. <laughs> so, I mean, they, get, they got – they got all these pieces. All we just waiting for is Wiseman to come back. I mean, I don't know how long that's going to take, but still, Kevon Looney's been a solid piece for them since since they've been winning championships. What five five six years ago? So I mean, I'm that's that's seeing them match up against that Denver Nuggets squad, and also a lot of people got to um, taken in consideration. Jokic is playing without his two without two of his best players. And Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray still out. So I mean, he the fact that he's been playing like this and he doesn't have his other two best guys on the floor with him, it says a lot. It's so, crazy. Yeah, All right. Like definitely been on the tear, and I feel like he won't back down from the challenge. How about your third and final pick? My third and final pick would have to be, man. I'm gonna have to go. This I feel like this is gonna be a very underrated uh, matchup. I'm excited. You got the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. That was on my list. Tell me about it. You gotta understand, like these two teams. You got young superstars. One end you got Donovan Mitchell, and the other one you got Luka Doncic, Luka Magic. You got um, great centers in. Oh, not KP, but I mean, still, you got Rudy Gobert, you got Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I, I think I butchered his name. Um, Boyan, you got the wrong one. Right, 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 right. You got they they put on a tear last. What was it? Last night when they played against the Bucks, they fell short, but still they played great offensively and defensively. You you take that and you put that up against. Uh, very competitive Mavericks squad. I mean, they got they ever since um, they picked up Dinwiddie in free agency, they've turned on the switch and they they gave Luca the help that he needed. And I mean, they've been looking forward ever since. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, he's been a great asset to them as, as well. I mean, you got guys like Reggie Bullock. You got um, what's his name? Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell. I mean, they got all these other pieces that, that you put them together, I mean, I feel like this could be a six or seven game series, if you be honest. That'd definitely be interesting. I mean, you mentioned it. They get the trade for Porzingis. He gets out of there. They get Davis Bertans, who's there to warm the bench, and they get Spencer Dinwiddie as another ball handler. It'd be really cool, in a sense, just to watch those. Like, you started out where you're going to say the two big man matchup, but Porzingis isn't there. So it would be a lot of fun to watch the Jazz again try to navigate a small ball lineup, like how they got beat out by the Clippers last year, and see if they learned any of those lessons or adapted in any sense this season compared to last year. Most definitely. I mean, you got, and plus at the front line, you got Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. I mean, who doesn't want to see that matchup? Oh, that'd I be mean, crazy. Two different players with two different styles of play you got spider that can literally jump out the gym can shoot the lights out and he, he can make plays for everybody and he's got another great uh backcourt mate in mike conley as well i feel like he's still underrated mm -hmm. he's still it's left out of conversation as being a great perimeter 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 guard that he is so i mean i feel like you know you take that and I mean, Luca's gonna Luca's gonna make some magic regardless. So I mean, Luca's gonna like, be Luca, right? So I mean, that's gonna be a great matchup, though. And then what my my final pick, I thought about going with either Nets Seventy Sixers or Nets Bucks. I mean, the Nets are gonna be a fun series with whoever they play, but that seemed too obvious. So I, we're gonna go deep in here. You ready? Your Miami Heat against the Atlanta Hawks. I think that would be a ton of fun to see Trey Young try to fight off Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler in Miami and go head-to-head -head with him and their fan base the same way he went at the Knicks. I don't think Atlanta could win that series, but I think it'd be a tough six games. Yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, we, we would have – T.Y. would give us some issues. I'm not even going to lie to you because, I mean, Trey Young, that's, that's ice Trey. That's, you know – He's been like that since he's been at Norman North and had had the spotlight on him. I mean, I feel like 
you put him and put him against a tough, tough team like Miami. You got you got guys like PJ Tucker that's gonna get in your face. That's gonna get all up in your grill. They 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 gonna you know they gonna smell you. They gonna they gonna even try to lick you. Even like I mean, it's just, they just gonna do whatever they can to just break you down. And I mean, I feel like that'll be a great matchup for Ty to handle. I mean, I don't know if he'll get past Miami, but that'll be a great matchup to see. It'd be a really good test. Maybe Miami should sign Lance Stevenson if you're going to be sneezing on guys and sniffing whatever you're doing. We don't need, we don't need sneezing. It's, it's, we're trying to get out of COVID. Okay, good point. My bad. <laughs> Let Okay, to bring it all the way around, it's sort of a thunder topic because Oklahoma City's greatest player in franchise history is Russell Westbrook. It looks like he's on his way out with the Lakers and sort of a disastrous season. Not sort of. It's been a disastrous season. It's been really, really bad. So we're going to assume that he's either traded and then bought out or just bought out by the Lakers. But I want to know from you, Miles, as somebody who's watched Russ for a long time, where do you think is somewhere that would be a good fit for him in free agency? I'm assuming he'd be coming in on like the vet minimum. The big three. The big three league? Bishop Sycamore. No, I'm, no, let me stop. Let me disrespectful. Let me stop, let me stop throwing dirt on Russ's name, bro. But to be serious, though, I, I just hate to see, you know, compared to what Russ was like when we was in high school back in 2017, 2018, this was a guy that was averaging a triple double. I mean, this was a guy who was a top three, top two, even point guard in the league. I mean, he could just do it all. He was so explosive. He could do it all. His shot was even questionable back then, but I mean, still, this was a guy who could just drop numbers that haven't been done since Oscar Robertson. So, I mean, to see that and to watch him decline to what we're seeing now, it's it's been it's been tough to watch, bro. Like, I hate to see you know him play like this, especially on a Lakers team where a Lakers franchise where they expect to win immediately. That's why they picked him up out of Washington. That's why they got him and traded away Montrose Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and gave up some picks even. So, I mean, to give up that and to have him play like this and then him facing the media and say, I didn't expect to win right away, that's that's not what L.A. is trying to hear. That's not what L.A. is about. So, I mean, I feel, I feel like it's in everybody's best interest for Russ, his family, and – the Lakers organization for him, for them to just move on and just go somewhere else. But to answer your question though, I feel like the best fit for him would be either the Celtics or the Mavericks. Sell me on it. The Celtics are no disrespect to Marcus Smart, but they're still missing a true point guard. And they haven't had that since Rondo left. I feel like having an elite point guard, someone that can set up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, somebody I mean, I understand they're so they're so used to having the ball in their hand. You can get more shots off without like moving out the ball. You don't have to have the ball in their hands twenty four seven, and that's what they do. They just play hero ball the whole time, trying to just get their ones in and just um, blow by defenders and get shots up off the over the defenders, and then just and just playing hero ball out there. So I mean, I feel like they would benefit more if they had somebody that would set them up and you know take some of the pressure off of Russell to instead of you know focus on focus on shooting you know he doesn't have to shoot with guys like playing playing with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown he doesn't have to shoot so I feel like you know I feel like Boston would be a good for a fit for him um now if he were to play in Dallas though if somebody that can play alongside Luka um these are two elite guards they can set each other up. Two elite guards. I think you got one elite guard. I don't think Russ is elite anymore. Let, let's let's slow it down. All right, baby steps. Okay, but still, <laughs> I feel like this is somebody that can um, complement Luca's style of play. You could put Dinwiddie at the three, and I mean Jalen. You bring you put back Jalen Brunson in that second unit and make that second unit better. I feel like this is a win-win situation for everybody. So that's just me though. Yeah, um, I don't like the Celtics one as much. It feels like they're playing great basketball with Derek White and Marcus Smart kind of being their de facto like co-point guards or they're making up one point guard the way they're playing. Dallas, I kind of like, but I would put him off the bench because Dallas is a really slow playing basketball team. I don't think that Luka and Russ on the floor at the same time is a very great fit. 
but in those minutes where Luka's out, it would be really nice to see the Mavericks, because they are playing small ball with a bunch of guys who can space around the perimeter for rest, open up some driving lanes and kick for him. I think it'd be nice for him to be in there and it's just like play 15 minutes a game and just go wild running up and down the floor, pushing the pace and get us some fast break points when Luke is out. But as far as some, uh, some teams I like, how, let's, let's bring the band back together. Let's get him back in Washington where he helped them out and they really have no point guard play now there at all. Now that Spencer Dinwiddie's out, he got traded after trying to sell everybody on Bitcoin or whatever he was trying to do in Washington. But um, you go out there and you can start a lineup of Westbrook, Beal, Avdia, um, Kuzma, and Porzingis, and you'll still have guys like Daniel Gafford and Rui Hachimura and their rookie that they just got, Corey Kispert out of uh, Gonzaga. You've got a really, really nice team there, and I think that Russ could definitely complement those guys, and he's played with a lot of them already. And you get KCP off the bench, or you can start him as well. I never really thought about that. I feel like it'd be too soon to have him back in Washington, though. I never really, you know, had Washington on my board as to, like, where would Russ go. But I don't know. (sighs) It seems like him and Brad Beal are pretty close. And Russ, people forget in that year where they ended up making the playoffs. They lose to Philadelphia in the first round in, like, four or five games. But Russ went crazy just to get them into the playoffs where he – Average a triple-double and looked like vintage Russ just not even a calendar year ago. So I think it could definitely help him out. As much as he's played bad for the Lakers, it's been a just horrific fit for him and LeBron and AD. Shout out Rob Plinka and LeBron for building the worst possible roster that they could. But yeah, they, I don't yeah. know what they were thinking, bro. I'm like, this is not 2012. Like, what are y'all doing? I Did you see last night where... um. It was a play. This also could have been another "what are you doing?" moment where LeBron gets the gets the ball and just slams the ball multiple times, saying "get the rebound, man." He's just cursing at everybody. He's cursing at I think it was Wayne and Gabriel and Malik Monk. They were talking about some "get the rebound," I'm like, bro. You're right there too. Why can't you get the rebound? He didn't even box out. Yeah, and then there was another possession of. And a few games ago, I think against Phoenix, where he didn't even get down the floor for four straight possessions. They had to call a timeout. But this is not a trash LeBron segment. We we can get this in another day. We we can go on for hours. LeBron has been chasing points all this year, trying to chase Kareem, which there's no I don't know. There is some there's some down to that. I mean, people hated on Russell Westbrook for chasing the triple double record. I think this needs to go both ways. But to wrap this up, you mentioned Nikola Jokic. We've talked about Joel Embiid. I want to know out of those two, who is the leader for MVP right now? We can even throw Giannis in the conversation. Man. Out of Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with Joke. I'm gonna have to go with the Joker, bro. I, I hate to say it, but I, I, I could, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to back. I think he I'm should. Gonna... I mean, look at his supporting cast. It's like. Jokic and then the first four people to show up to the arena who fit in the jerseys, and that's who they play for like 40 minutes. It's incredible. He's playing out there with like you, me, and a math teacher, and he's making these guys look good. He's putting up like 40, 10, 15, five blocks, two steals. He's just controlling the pace of the game at the center position. This is not really anything we've seen from a big guy like this. I mean, you can throw back to Bill Walton, but he wasn't bringing the ball up the floor like a point guard. Jokic is just an alien, and it's been really great to see a guy like him who was like riding horseback in Serbia for a lot of time and now he's in the NBA he was a second round draft pick who they had to like tell him hey you can't keep drink drinking Pepsi if you want to stay in the league and now he looks like one of the three best players in the entire world I'm just like that's, that's insane bro like I really want to make the case for Embiid and say you know maybe he should maybe this is his time you know I understand he would have got it, gotten the MVP trophy Last year, if he wasn't injured, but I feel like even this year, I feel like it's still going to go to Joker because, you know, it's you like we said, who 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 is Joker playing against and who is Embiid playing against? Embiid is playing with a top 75 player in the NBA. He's playing with a young Kentucky guard. He's playing with, you know, a three and D guy in Matisse Thibel and another offensive threat who's getting paid so much money just to get cardio in and in, in Tobias Harris. So, I mean, you take that 
and you go with, and you compare that against um, Jokic, Jokic's um, lineup. If you take Jokic off their team, they have a worse record than the Thunder, I bet. That's what I'm saying. So it's like I'm gonna have to make the case that it's Joker, bro. It's, I feel like I feel like it's his time to go back to back. Got to be the Joker. Have you seen the new Batman movie? I have not, but I hear that it's it's three hours long. I'm here for it. Batman movies. Are, who's your favorite Batman? Before we get out of here, his okay. We're going. I might disappoint you a little bit. I don't know if I might get kicked off the show. I don't know if I'm coming back, but I feel like if you say George I, Clooney, you're not coming back. No, that's the thing though. I don't watch DC movies like that, bro. I'm more of a Marvel guy. You, you didn't watch Chris. You didn't watch Christian Bale be Batman and fight Bane and fight Heath Ledger's Joker and all those guys. I'm more of a Marvel guy, bro. I've just always been a Marvel guy. You can watch both. I'm an Eastern Conference guy. I don't even watch the West. That's stupid. No. You can watch both. You don't I don't watch everything. I didn't watch the Justice League in that eight hour cut that they put out there. But I'll I'll watch Batman or whatever. I'll watch Batman. I'm probably not gonna watch Wonder Woman or Superman, but Batman's Batman's a different breed. No, but I hear that like in that Batman movie, like the last forty five minutes was the entire movie. And like I, I just can't get with it, bro. I, I maybe I might see it this weekend. I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll keep you. I'll give you an update. Keep me updated on Twitter. The people need to know if Miles Hartman has seen the Batman or not. Is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Man, Mike, I just want to say appreciate you for you know dusting, getting the dust off of me, getting the cotton weather off me, and just you know putting me back in here. I appreciate you know you taking time out of your day to. Get me on the show again so I can get an episode in. I'm, I've been listening to the episode ever since I got off. I mean, y'all doing y'all doing some good things over there. I mean, you, Haley, JB, y'all doing a great job and bringing the pod to new heights. I mean, I'm proud of y'all for real. Appreciate it. No, there's not a lot of Thundergrads going on. If there's not for Miles, he's helped build, I guess, like the template or the foundation for this. And I figured if Tom Brady's not too old to come back, that we could bring Miles back one more time. But thank you so much for listening to the Thundergrads. I've been your host today, Michael Martin, joined by Mr. Miles Hartman. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on all our socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it's going to be, YouTube. It could be anything. Google Drive. Doesn't matter. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.